0: podcast cbs sports daily nfl podcast i'm Will brinson i'm your host it is wednesday january twenty sixth, and that means two things one you're already tired of hearing people argue about the baseball hall of fame and nfl overtime rules and two it's a brady griffle football show
1: um it is kind of a travesty though, not to touch on the baseball subject. But I mean, come we on. we can touch on it very quickly if you want. We just don't it's- I just either you're all in or all out. I, I hate the whole idea that like some guys in the steroid era get in and some don't.
0: Barry Bonds but, never tested positive.
1: Right. And it's like by you way, are- like I've actually said this about, you know, performance enhancing drugs. If there's one sport where I'm like, I don't, I still really don't know how it helped him that much. I mean, you could say oh, he has more power and strength or whatever. Okay, you still have to put the bat on the ball. Like, that's the, you know, does it increase your hand-eye coordination, your eyesight? Are you, are you like Superman with your eyesight? I, I don't. That's the, that's the one thing that bothered me. If you want to make a case for a pitcher, okay, I get it. it directly relates to every power. pitch, power, endurance. I get all that, and you can make the case. Well, you're going to be able to swing harder, et cetera. But there's still the skill of putting the bat on the ball. And that's something that like steroids ain't going to help you that much. Right. Like there's just, there's certain things that bother me about that, but
0: also I would say this, that while this applies to most sports, just because sports for a long time have given uh, people in this country and all over the world, a lot of fame and a lot of money that there is an inherent um, incentive to cheat your face off. Baseball is a sport of cheaters. It is the sport of cheaters scuffing balls, eating greenies in the thirties. Like these guys are like, like up all night traveling wow. and doing all this stuff. They're popping. It's like, Oh, it's just greenies. No, that's I- illegal. It's like speed.
1: It's just yeah. it's how, it's many speed dives, how many guys, how many guys are taking greenies that are in the hall of fame right now? By the way, uh, baseball itself cheats. You juice up the baseballs. Let's be real about yes. this for a second. All right you wind those puppies as tight as possible so they pop off the bat right you make it so the laces or the seams are even more grounded down or years you're we like uh, maybe we don't want as many home runs right. go ahead and raise those puppies up like I- i've looked into this the margin of error between baseballs one year and the next as far as just how how hard they are or soft or the la- or the seams or not like all of that is in, in a huge margin of error like a wide ranging margin of error and we're going to sit here and then all of a sudden get mad at players who are trying to find an edge or an advantage. Like, I just, it's so dumb. And, and like, Bud Selig, throughout the entire maguire Sosa, Bonds home run explosion,
0: baseball, was, baseball had fallen completely by the wayside in 1994 after the 1994 strike. Kids like your age and my age, yeah. they had been like, Well, screw you. If you want to take base, like you, like we love baseball, you want to take it away from us, we're out. And then to get back in, they just blatantly ignored this crop of home run hitters who started jamming needles in their ass and smearing cream all over their bodies to try and blast the ball out of the park while also eating greenies. And and they're and they're like, Oh, I cannot we I cannot believe this is going on at the game. And and the writers are like, steroids it's like you all knew a-holes like what do you just you can't pick or choose the other i think the best argument too and this applies the nfl hall of fame as well or any hall of fame it's not it's 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 a it's a museum to tell you about baseball
1: yeah it's about history yeah so that's
0: what it needs to be it's not the here are the greatest players who honor the game the best like oj simpson's at the hall of fame right you know yeah. So, it, by the it, way, is,
1: I think he's actually down in South Florida now, which is a little bit scary. You should hang. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm gonna pass on that, you know, because I, I, might be the one hanging off of, you know, balcony or something. I don't know if that's really his move. I mean, you know, maybe. Again, I mean, if you got away with the ones, I mean,
0: I, I didn't mean the murder. For me once. No, I mean the
1: style of murder.
0: Oh, like, <laughs> How about? <bad. laughs> for me once. came on you. me twice. Like, you. <laughs> Let's you leave you hanging off the side of like Las Olas Bridge. He's just gonna, he's yeah. just gonna. Somebody else is gonna stab you in cold blood, and then OJ will have to spend the rest of his life looking for, uh, uh the um, the uh the the, the real the real murderer. <laughs> right. Maybe right. that's the maybe the real murderers in in South Florida.
1: Well, yeah, that's there's a homestead. There's all sorts of things there for protection. So I'm sure that's why he's down here. But I'm glad we were able to make that uh that that segue. Over to O.J. Simpson, but it is a it is a valid point uh, at this time I'm talking about the Major League uh, Baseball Hall of Fame. I, I also think it's odd that like after a period of time, that like they have no longer the opportunity to be inducted in. It's it's just it's like why like yeah. why why do they only get so many bites at the apple? It doesn't make any sense to me why that would be the case. And I also hate the fact that you know you've got a bunch of people who and I don't want this to come off the wrong way. Or like you're
0: complaining about the media? Yeah, it's fine.
1: Don't you, just well, go <laughs> I guess what I'm pointing out is if if for by and large a lot of the voters haven't played right, and when that's the case, I think one of the hard things is is they don't have that perspective of an athlete at that time. And so you know, I, I remember having a trainer growing up who you know said, "Hey, man, everyone had him." You know, I felt like I was at a huge disadvantage because I was one of the only ones. He's like, "Now nah, I might push the boundaries of some of the stuff that came out," but he's like, "I never took that kind of stuff." And he used to tell stories of how, you know, it was everywhere. Like, he's like you're doing interviews, and if you just looked at the camera behind that player at their locker, like, there sits, like, everything you'd want to know. Yeah. Half the horses at the uh, at Churchill Downs yeah. or, or up there at the Kentucky Derby are all taking that stuff, right? Like, he's like, just go. Bob Baffert's probably got a pantry full of this stuff from back from the 90s in Major League Baseball. So, you know, you you hear a lot of those stories, and you wonder – if there shouldn't be more voters that had played the game so they have greater perspective as to what that era was like, as opposed to purely being judgmental. Like I I think as a human race, we tend to be much more understanding and empathize when we've actually experienced something that someone else has dealt with. Well, it's, it's very difficult to empathize with anything unless you've actually dealt with it.
0: I mean, you know, like literally, I would also say that it is what, like, you know, you played like when? What do you, what years did you play again? What two thousand six to like two thousand
1: seven, seven to uh, my last? I uh, was in training camp with Dolphins in fourteen.
0: Yeah, so I mean, like that's kind of football's like quasi. I mean, like that's a you know
1: that's a that there was a big spike in sure. the belief that people were using steroids in professional. Sure. I mean, think about this, and I always thought about this. Not that it would ever have helped me in any way. Maybe coming back from an injury or something in training, but um, it's only a four game suspension. Like if your wow. downside risk, if you're a player that if you take whatever it is and it can help you be a pro bowler, or an all pro player, I get a huge contract, but your downside risk is only making 75% of what you're going to make. I mean, I would actually say the more you make the bigger star you were in the NFL at that point, yep. the more you incentivized to take that risk. Because if I'm getting, let's say 16 million a year and my downsides, 12 but my upside 16 and the potential of, making more of my bonuses or the future, whatever. Yeah. I I could see why a lot of guys would take that risk. So I I always thought that at least in football, where I do think there's a direct correlation to performance enhancers and the way it can impact your play. I mean, guys, I knew that took stuff. I've seen it firsthand. I've seen guys who had good careers and became a pro bowler, you know, and and, and you're just going, wow, like this is, this is crazy how this worked out for them. But um, that's something that again, is their choice. I honestly didn't really even view it as as like cheating at the time. You know, I, when I was looking, I was kind of like, that's what they want to do. If they're trying to find edge, so be it. it. It's not necessarily gonna be something that uh helps them uh, you know, get to that status. They still have to go out there and execute. So there's that whole portion of it too, even with a football player, even though I do think there's more of a physical element to it where it can help you.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's it was also just like for, for like 10 or 15 years, there's our athletes were all just like gigantic headed, like like angry monsters who didn't like dealing with people of the world it's like it's like what i mean wow everybody went from so lovely and like like kind of chill and slender and just all of a sudden meat sticks anyway uh it was
1: all Lattimore from the program like that was basically what it was people bashing their head into like you know people's passenger side you know windows and yeah um
0: all right let's uh by the way if you're watching on youtube youtube.com pick six you can see uh me and brady in our various hoodies and headwear talking about baseball hall of fame which who doesn't love that like comment subscribe you're watching if you're listening on spotify listening anywhere we appreciate it of course but if you're listening on spotify they have added a rating system leave us a five star rating now it's time for an award winning segment created in the quinn household in the great mind of brady quinn called
1: read between the lines all right, Well, we, We've I wish we could start off with some fresh news, something that kind of just, you know, really came out here in the past twenty four hours. But unfortunately, it, no, no, it, it did. It did come out in the past week. I, I know, but it, at, at this point, it's it's going to be kind of old news.
0: You know, well, I, I still I I think that the fact that you and I this is released. We're recording this on Tuesday night. It's released on Wednesday morning. The fact that this is happening with your input as a professional NFL analyst and college football analyst and former professional football player is added value to this podcast.
1: podcast well, thank you. Thank mean, don't sell it short. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and, and let's not distract away from this segment. It's called Read Between the Lines here with Will Brinson. And so here's the headline. Sean Payton informs the Saints that he's stepping down. His plans are not to be coaching in 2022. Read Between the Lines, Will. Help me out with this one.
0: I'm just going to go straight to Sean Payton's brain because I think that's where this stems from. And it's, oh, my God. I don't have a quarterback.
1: We have, but what do you mean? He signed Taysom Hill to that deal that he could become a hundred million dollar quarterback, and he could be the quarterback of the future. There, right? Isn't that what all the the BYU fans, the Brady Papingas, want to say out there about it? I think it's like I
0: think it's oh my god! I've been doing this for fifteen years. Actually, I take you. I take this. I thought Sean Payton's uh, press conference on Tuesday was really. He was very open about it and he kept, he brought up the COVID situation multiple times. And I really do think that there are several coaches in the past two years who have, and this is not in in multiple sports for various reasons. Like, for instance, Coach K and Roy Williams left college basketball. I think the COVID stuff wears on you because it's just you're old and you're dealing with all these. You know, like you don't know who's playing, and your you know different protocols, regulations,
1: it's- protocols. Your your job's changed to become harder.
0: Correct, and you also have the one and done stuff in in college basketball, and I think it just became they're like, you know what, this is it's it is it's too much. Like walk away while we can still walk away. I think Sean Payton the last two years have been very trying on him. Uh, one, the final Drew Brees's final year. He'd spent his entire career as a head coach with Drew Brees, and then this year dealing with additional COVID protocols. You know, the Saints had a game where they were missing everybody. Ian Book starts against Miami. If they beat Miami, they probably end up in the playoffs they they do end up in the playoffs. Right. Um, and I, I just think it all became too much. He he said that he thought coming into 2021 that maybe he wanted to walk away. And then you start to look around, and you're like, all right. And look, I'll be honest, like Sean Payton doesn't, you know, he 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 mentioned that he looks more out of shape. He had like he was wearing a shirt that made him look a little Parcellian.
1: In the upper, in the upper, uh upper. That's torsion. all coaches, though, man. That's oh, like really, much- I, I,
0: I, just, I mean, he said he's like, look, man. People say that I look bad. It's, I don't look bad, or I look tired. I'm just out of shape. I just think it was 15 years in New Orleans, a grind of that.
1: Less food, huh? It's all oh, that New God, Orleans Jesus. Asian food. Can you imagine staying,
0: staying skinny in New Orleans? No chance.
1: Yeah, impossible.
0: And I think he saw this as an opportunity, a really good, a really good spot with the Saints also having. million over the
1: cap currently. Um, No quarterback. Yeah, let's let's call it what it is. Okay. You have uncertainty at the quarterback position, or some would say no quarterback. You've got a terrible salary cap situation, an aging roster. And then on top of that, you know, you might be in a division that still has to deal with Tom Brady for another year. Uh, And if that's the case, I mean, those are all four pretty good reasons to be like, yeah, I don't know about this. Maybe I'll take a year off, you know, see how I feel about everything. I, bring, I brought a Super Bowl to this city when they were probably at their lowest point after Hurricane Katrina, so I, I don't know that he necessarily owes them anything. I also think if you look back through the years, forget COVID, but even before that, you know, Breeze was, like, banged up. It's like every single time there was an injury he had to deal with, and then Teddy Bridgewater coming in, or then it was Taysom Hill, and then it was, Stimian, then it was Ian Book. Like, you go through a lot of that, especially as a play caller. That's, it's tough. I mean, you're starting over again, and I think one of the things that, coaches and play callers take for granted is when they've got someone that they trust and they have confidence in, they can rely on and they've got a routine with where it makes things a little simpler. You know, they don't have to start over again or do anything extra out of the norm. That's where I feel like it can become very wearing aside from the COVID protocols, which look, I mean, the coaches I know in the league, they couldn't stand it. They hated it. You know, I I know it's an unpopular opinion, people on the outside but you know it's it's hard to communicate their entire job is predicated on communicating and you're making them wear a mask half the time it's like these guys are like look man i've been through plenty of you know flus and pandemics different things um you know some coaches you know you know depending on where their life had taken them they didn't even served and so it's like you get to a point where you go come on man like i've been through a lot so i I can understand the frustration by it i also I, i think he's looking at it saying they're probably going to be greener pastures a year from now, right? Yeah. Dallas Cowboys, which I know is near and dear to his heart, and I'm sure Jerry Jones, then would be looking forward to him.
0: McCarthy's seat just got like got a lot warmer on Tuesday. Oh,
1: exponentially high. exponentially yeah. warm. I mean, you and I were talking last week about maybe Dan Quinn not getting out the out the door and then moving on from him for that reason, but Sean Payton's like, you know, that I don't know. I, I guess I'll call. I was going to call him second to Jason Garrett, but. So today I let go of Jason Garrett. It's probably Sean Payton who's number one in line if that job you know comes open. I
0: think I think I think Jerry looks at Sean Payton as like the one who got away potentially because he was there, and also maybe he's an excuse to say you know what we can go with Mike McCarthy this year. If he doesn't do something awesome, and Sean Payton wants to get back in, you know we got to compensate the Saints, but we can figure that out. Let's not forget too, you know last year they lost to the Buccaneers in the second round of the playoffs. (laughs) Yeah, because they beat the Bears. The prior three years of that, they lost in overtime to Kirk Cousins when he hit Kyle Rudolph. Yep. The previous year to that the was game. Yep, the championship game with the Chauncey the Gardner. Yeah, the the, the, the ref's debacle. Wow, that feels like forty years ago, by the way. And then the previous year to that was the Minneapolis Miracle. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's sort of like Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, where you would almost understand if if it's like, you know, what un- enough is enough. I can't, I can't, I can't take it anymore. The last five years have been, you know, rewarding. We've had great teams and we've just come up excruciatingly short. And I've been sitting here on a zoom call every week. You know, I, I thought it was really, I, he just sounded like somebody who was burnt out and needed a break and, and was, and had the ability to take that break. And, and I, this is we were texting about this um, earlier in the, earlier on Tuesday. And I mentioned Mike McCarthy with green Bay and Mike Tomlin with Pittsburgh. And the reason I brought it up wasn't that I thought that those two compared with Sean Payton because I would take Sean Payton 10 times out of 10 with all, with all those guys.
1: Ooh, but I don't know. I think Mike Tomlin would be up there for me. I'm just a Sean Payton guy, but Tomlin, Tomlin's right there too. I'm kind of a Tomlin guy. I would love to have played for Tomlin. Sure. No, Tomlin's awesome. I, my point is
0: just that Wilson had, Ryan Wilson had said on our emergency Sean Payton pod that it's like, you know, it's weird. Sometimes the Steelers fans are always like, do we need somebody else? But no one knows ever like Sean Payton's got to go.
1: You know, except for those maybe three, seven to nine seasons. I think, it, I think it's like the southern accent or something. You know, it's a little different down south. They're like, you know, get him out of get someone else in here.
0: Well, he also just, he like, just brought a, a loser franchise, a title in the wake of a the most one of the most devastating natural disasters in the history of
1: well, and and wow. he's provided consistency and stability. Granted, there was like a three-year, you know, run of seven to nine, seven and oh, nine, yeah. seven and nine, but the reality is it, it's not an easy division. I mean the NFC South rotates with a different division winner almost every single year. Uh at least it was that way probably for the better part of a decade plus. So um, or maybe since it's just like formation. I remember looking back at a, oh, it, it, like
0: yeah, the Saints had won four straight prior to the Bucks winning this year, but before that, it was all constantly. Yeah, really yeah. Ron Rivera would win one, you know, the Bucks would pop up randomly. The Falcons were very good. John was, Foxy. Foxy was Fox, back in there Fox, at one point. Fox, John Cruzlight yeah. Fox. John. <laughs> Okay,
1: so so it begs the question, though, what's he doing next? Because, yeah, there's our helmets to to give us. Wow, look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. three straight for the
0: Panthers. One of those was seven, seven, eight, and one, by the way.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, Um, um, the next question, so what does he do next? I think it's interesting because if he goes into the media, one, let me just be the first to advocate for him. I think he would be a home run.
0: Oh, I think – I don't think – I mean – I, I, I don't disagree. And I don't think you're the first. I feel like every,
1: it's a well, no, I mean, a lot of people will say that, but like I'm willing to say like, I, I think he would replace maybe, you know, everyone who's sitting there in a number one spot right now.
0: For a, maybe Troy no, okay,
1: at Fox. Well, Oh, let I let start, he's probably the only one that they wouldn't bump. But outside of that, I think he would be a huge gift for any of them. I mean, he's got the credibility with the resume, which is a big thing. Whether people, you know, whether kids nowadays look at Chris Collinsworth and know what he accomplished as a player or not, it still matters to the executives and stuff who make the hire who do. So that's still a portion of it. Um, the reality is though, I think he'd be if he bought into it like Gruden did, where like Gruden found a way to tap into it wasn't Madden, but it was similar to Madden, the aspect of he was a character. He was a likable character. He, you know, even though he, at times he would, you know, the spider, spider two two guys, lot, man, the he, he, he got put on blast. He used to call it everything, and you're like, okay, or he'd I like, don't out blitz. and You're like, no, it's just you know, uh, Blitz Eleven Dog. Like that's not, you know, it's not an actual deal there. So anyway, um, there's there's examples of like him just being that kind of guy who was entertaining, informative, and he was this character you kind of loved to see. I'm going to tune in to see Jared Gruden, this Gruden's Grinder. You know, like. People tune into that. Um, I think Sean, Payton, Sean Payton would smash. He could be that if he bought into it and was like the guy that I think he shows from time to time. Uh, and that would be an incredibly successful career. Like I'm saying whatever Romo signed for, you'd have to think Payton's going to sign for just as much as not more. And you, and he'd do a great job at it. Okay. But okay. Sorry. Does he want to do that? Because the only reason I think you do that is so that you stay visible as a coach so that you can be visible for the hire. And that's where I feel like if he I mean, I'm not saying if he sits out the year and doesn't do anything, it's not like he's not gonna get hired still, but I think you go on TV sometimes to kind of remind people while other coaches are out there that hey, this guy's pretty smart too.
0: So I, I don't I don't disagree with that at all. I but I would think that if Sean Payton is going to do a single year, if his plan is to do one year in media, it'd be and, a studio. And, and he'd do studio, exactly. Because Bill Bill Cower retired at we talked about this on the show too, retired at 49. I believe he went straight to maybe he went straight to studio, right? And yeah. He's just in the studio, and he's just great at what he does. And he's got yeah. he's, he's the Bill Cowher persona. He's been rumored to come out every time, but he he found that he likes the studio so much. He's like, what, why would I go? Back? Like, I won a Super Bowl. I'm going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you know i I walked away. I walked away with a Super Bowl. Why would I go back to grinding like this when I have this great job that I enjoy? I'm good at it, etc. So. I don't, I mean, I guess like, I don't think that Fox CBS or whoever is going to take Sean Payton, take like, like toss Troy Aikman to the side or whoever.
1: Well, it's but, for one year. It's my point. Right. No. And that, that's why I said, like, I don't think they you know Aikman would, would be the guy or anything like that. But I think if you got the commitment from Sean, like, Hey, this may be it, you know, then that, that's a different story. But Again, the reality is when you look at the landscape right now, we don't have a coach at that top spot in that position. Sure. And if you look at, again, not to keep referencing John Madden, but when you look at his career in the CBS and NBC and, and Fox, like working for all of them, like they were all clamoring for a coach's point of view because the reality is that's what people want. Yeah. Like that's That's the perspective that people want to hear, whether they agree or disagree with you and what your analysis is, that's what they want. That's like numero uno. Quarterbacks number two, and then anything anyone who else can talk the game after that is probably who you're looking at next. So, uh, I just I think that would be a look. He'd be a home run. He'd be a great pick for whoever would would sign him for it. I think he'd be entertaining. It just comes down to like whether or not he wants to do that and toy around with it. But to your point, studio is the easiest thing to kind of jump in and back out from. But if he wants to stay in kind of a rhythm of what he does as a coach. I mean, calling games won't be a bad thing either. Or bringing them in every once in a while to call a game, right? Maybe it's the Saints game next year.
0: I got a, I got a hypothetical for you.
1: And this is probably, I mean, sometimes
0: our bosses don't like us to talk about the, the media business, but I like this one too much. So uh, over at NBC, Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth, outstanding at their jobs. Love listening to Al and Chris. There was a rumor from Andrew Marchand of Page Six, New York Post today, that ESPN with Amazon flying in with all their Jeff Bezos, Jeff Bezos money. Yeah. that's a um, big and rocket. Yep. Yeah, but ESPN is interested in pursuing Al Michaels for the Monday night football gig. Now I, what I would find interesting, Brady is if Alma, if, if they were able to entice Al Michaels to go to Monday night football, would you then want to pair and you can pair Al Michaels with Eli? Like he's, he's great at his job, but, what you could do instead of pairing Al Michaels with somebody from ESPN is go to NBC and say, Look, we know you guys want to eventually promote
1: Tariqo and, and,
0: and Drew Brees. Why don't we you let us words, buy Tollensworth? But yeah. then you take Tariqo and Brees and make it a one year, three man booth with Brees and Sean Payton, like Tariqo just setting it up and those guys batting it around like they're calling a game. I mean, I, that would be complete. Like the, two guys who worked together for 14 or 15 years in the same system. High-level intelligent analyst in a three-man booth like that could smash.
1: It could, I think. Sometimes though, too much of a good thing doesn't end up being what you think. Fair, and that's the hard part is there is so little time to talk on a broadcast. Yep, especially in a football game. If you do it right, you know. If you do it right, it, and and look, when I say doing it right, it's it's my interpretation of it. You shouldn't be really talking over the play. You should be talking up to the snap and telling a guy you think a guy's blitzing off the edge because everyone who's watching the TV can tell he's blitzed off the edge. Like, you don't need to tell them that, all right? Um, That's the job of the play-by-play. You should be telling after the fact what happened, why what happened was effective or wasn't, and talk about things that maybe the viewer didn't even pay attention to and see that you're pointing out to that made it successful or lack thereof. So, you know, in all of that, there's so much communication going on behind the scenes it As much as it sounds like a good idea, I think it would stunt the growth of Drew Brees. Maybe. And I think the other thing is is it wouldn't allow you to have Sean Payton shine th- the way I think he can. Yeah. And especially for someone who's just starting out doing it, whether that's Payton or Brees in this case, it's it takes a while to get your feet underneath you as far as the pacing and to be able to say something impactful with the short amount of time that you have. So that would be my concern is even though it sounds like a great idea – I don't think it would work. And it's one of the reasons why everyone's like, oh, Peyton and Eli in a booth together. It's like, yeah, like what they do works now because there's no play by play. Like you don't have that person who's eating up time that would take away from what those two are saying. And I think it's maybe one of the reservations that they have about doing an actual broadcast. I
0: think it's 100% why they don't want to do it.
1: Yeah. Well, cause because they sit there and like, I don't want well, to travel and go through the stupid production meetings, all that stuff. Right. Been, oh, we get so much out of this. You don't get crap out of it. Honestly, like, <laughs> more, like, like, let me be real for a second. No coach or player is going to walk in there and tell you everything, or at least it's seldom that they do because it's no disrespect to people behind the scenes. But you know, if you played for a guy, like he's going to look at you, he's going to say what he wants to say. And then you walk out of the room together and he tells you what you need to know. Like, right, right, yeah. that's how it goes. Like when you have those relationships they're not gonna trust the other people that are sitting in the room. Um and, but,
0: and, and with Peyton and to. Eli, Peyton's always like, I just texted the guy, and and like 90% of the time they deal with it. The only there's one person who who who's like, uh, I can't, or like there's somebody who Peyton Peyton was like, they they wouldn't give me him for an interview, which is kind of funny. But I mean, yeah, yeah. exactly. You have so many connections, so many relationships with different people around the league, you don't you don't need to sit down and go. With a cold intro for the production meeting with everyone watching. It was Mac Jones, Jones, the
1: Patriots, by the way. Mac
0: Jones, that's right. Good call.
1: Yeah. Yep. So anyway, we just got through one headline. We didn't even get to the rest. So right, we'll, right, we'll, let's take a, a break, break, break.
0: And when we come back, we'll do some more headlines. Okay. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul. The designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community.
1: Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
0: All right. Next headline.
1: (laughs) All right. Green Bay Packers leadership is unified on wanting Aaron Rodgers back next season. Read between the lines there, Will. Please come back, Aaron. Please. please. Wait, Could I you know, let me go? Let me add to this context though. Like, is it really their choice or decision? I mean, he set this up to it's kind of a mutual decision here. Is it not? And their calf situation is so bad that it almost alleviates some problems. So let me just lay this out for you. Because this was floated today, uh, or I should say yesterday, Tuesday, by PFT. About him a two-year extension.
0: football talker, PFT commenter?
1: No, pro football talker. Okay, okay. I would have included commentator. I mean,
0: sometimes, cool. sometimes both
1: are just as reliable. <laughs> this is probably my point. Yeah. So they floated out the idea of give him a two-year deal, hundred million guaranteed, fifty per year. That's what the market is. He's the you know MVP last two years. Okay, great. Yeah, it's cool in theory. Until so then, you forget. Oh, remember the first-round draft pick that you traded up to take? Oh, so he'd be four years into his contract. Presumably not playing yet. And you've already had to pick up his fifth-year option that's fully guaranteed. So you just hamstrung yourself into finishing out things with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's like a nice idea, but it doesn't make any sense. That doesn't help your cap situation, even though, yeah, there's some creative things you can do to get around it. And you'd assume they'd have to, in that scenario, sign Devontae Adams to an extension. I mean, there's anyway, it was a wild, speculative, like hypothetical that to me, doesn't make much sense because of what the position they've already put themselves in with Jordan Love. I think right now they do not want to admit it because the Packers don't want to look like the team that pushed out or traded a guy who was back-to-back MVP in the NFL. It's
0: never, it's never happened that the reigning MVP has left his team. It sure as hell has never happened that the reigning two-time MVP has left his team. Uh, Rodgers also added, I think this is I'll flip it back on you for a read between the lines. I don't want to be part of a rebuild if I'm going to keep playing, Roger said after Saturday night's 13-10 loss to the 49. And here's the truth.
1: If you're the Green Bay Packers, this is the perfect time for a rebuild. Okay, okay. Your cap situation is what, second or third worst, I, I believe, going into 2022. You've got a young quarterback who you don't know anything about yet, and at some point he's got to play so you see if you're going to pick up the fifth-year option, that's now fully guaranteed, and then see if, you, you know, eventually he's your guy. So not only that, but you can move on from Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith and start over, extend Rashawn Gary, extend Jerry Alexander, sort of make some of those decisions and build back up. But you have to think about the timing of it, too. If you're able to do like a sign-in trade for, with Devontae Adams, if he wants to go where Aaron Rodgers is at, and you could trade Rodgers and get some draft capital, you'd be set to help build this thing back up in the next two years in rather short fashion, and let's look around the NFC North for a second. The Lions have the worst roster in that division. They're not going to be able to all of a sudden take over that division by 2022, 2023. That's going to take a while at best. Yep. They're still trying to think if, if Goff is their answer or if they're going to go draft a quarterback. You've got the the you know Vikings who have to hire a new head coach, a new general manager. Cousins is on his last year. Who knows if he even stays there, depending on what the new head coach general manager think. and then you've got the Chicago Bears that their roster is in a state of disarray. They just hired, I believe, Ryan Poles as their general manager yesterday, and they're looking for a head coach still. And, yes, Justin Fields may be the quarterback of the future, but they're not anywhere close either. You might find yourself, if you if you make these decisions where you ended up trading Aaron Rodgers to a destination of his choice, Devontae Adams moves on with them, and some of these other pieces you let go – you get getting a better cap situation moving forward. You have all this draft capital heading into the next couple of years. And then you start over again and you see what you have in Jordan love. If he's the guy, because that's why you traded up the draft in the first place. Otherwise it was the biggest bonehead mistake in the world. And then you got to own up to it and you got to move on from Jordan love now and then extend Rogers and try to make him happy for the next two years. That, that's the only two directions this can go. And the thing about the Jordan love thing, let's say you
0: trade him and you roll with Rogers. You can't, it doesn't, it, I mean, the explanation that they would have to go with, which is like, yeah, we drafted him, but, you know, we're just going to take it as a, a you know, a, a silver lining that Aaron Rodgers was great for four years. It's like, no, you could have had T. Higgins or Michael Pittman. Right. And maybe, maybe that's enough to push you over the top to win a Super Bowl.
1: Well, I mean, there's, there's a list of a bunch of wide receivers they could. They could have had Brian Edwards. They could have, they could have all these wide Higgins, receivers. Higgins and Pittman went like Palmer. five or six picks afterwards. I mean, right. no, no, no. But they did a list of every single pick that I think they've taken the last, what, year or two. And there was like the guy who was taken after them. You can land on a list of wide receivers they could have instead of, yeah. you know, guys who are going to be like Alan Lazard's unrestricted free agent, Vadas Scanley's restricted free agent. Randall Cobb's probably going to be a cap casualty. I can't imagine. Devontae Adams, free agent. Adams, free agent. Adams, free agent. I mean, so there's there's all these there's all these question marks around that position, and you never addressed it. So um, that that's a whole other conversation. But I think to your point, it does put Brian Gutenkunst in that hot seat position where it's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you traded up assets to get this guy. You never played him at all, really, and then you trade him off all to invest more money into Aaron Rodgers. And yeah, it makes sense because you're like, oh well, we didn't think he was going to be the MVP in back-to-back years. It's My bad, but. Yeah. Like, no, that,
0: that means you that, that was bad. Yes, that was
1: sure. pure bad. Then that, makes, then that makes it look even worse that he didn't draft the wide receiver.
0: Right. You you incorrectly identified the state of play of your franchise quarterback who is a was a surefire Hall of Famer. Right. And probably the greatest player in franchise history.
1: Right. And and the only guy you've got in the last two years, while he's been MVP, has been a Mario Rogers in the draft. That's it. Right. And the other thing about this is if you look at
0: the and the way because I was asked this about this quote, and I was like, well, I was like, I I don't, I was like, I I guess and I started looking, I was like, oh my god, they're 40 million over the salary cap. That's a problem. And that's without signing Adams, by the way. Correct. And if and Devontae Adams is not going to sign a contract until he knows what Aaron Rodgers is doing. They will probably franchise tag him, but that's virtually impossible until you get 15, 18 million dollars under the salary cap. The quickest way to get under the salary cap, the three guys that three most obvious candidates to cut are Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, and Randall Cobb. Right. Two guys are, are your or two of your probably your two best pass rushers, although so I guess Rashawn Gary could make it. So yeah. yeah. And then the other guy is Aaron Rodgers' best friend. <laughs> <who's> <laughs> it's right <before> Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and you also have to give Rashawn Gary and Jair Alexander extensions. Now, granted, you can give them small numbers and balloon later in the down the road. That's not how the Packers usually operate. They're not going to want to try and just finagle the cap upside down to make Aaron Rodgers happy.
1: So it boils down to, you're screwed. Is <laughs> what it boils down. Well, to. No, it boils down to all right. Pick is he staying or is he going to be somewhere else in 2022? Yeah, but if he stays, I, I don't. Gonna... I'll
0: put it this way: I don't think he's staying. So I, think... you know, I, I want. I want to ask you this: before the 49ers game, I was 90 plus percent sure. That he was
1: staying. Now I'm like sixty or fifty. I'm I'm I've always I've said this throughout the entire season, and there was an NBC uh Sunday Night Football game where you could, if you'll recall, my, Al Michaels and Chris Collins were like, "He seems happy. He seems everything's great. Everything's you know, he like, Things up He's coming really... back. He's eating cheese curds now. Forget that dairy-free Hell. diet. Like he's buying in. He's just he just crushed a pap's Blue Ribbon. I don't know. You see that? Um That all, to me, was, well, yeah, you're winning in the NFL. I've seen some really dysfunctional relationships in locker rooms (laughs) that, like, worked because we were winning, right? Like, it's like the honeymoon phase in a relationship. You're like, oh, yeah, there's a couple of those, like, unredeeming qualities and flaws, but, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's just hot and heavy, and we love each other, so blah, blah, blah. And then, all of a (laughs) sudden, when things aren't going as well, you're like, wait a second. Uh, who's going to change that crappy diaper again? I feel like I've done the last 20, like, uh, I know let's have another kid. That'll fix everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, let's add on. So that, that was one of the deals where it was like, everything was going great. I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not thinking this is the time where all this is going to come out. It's going to come out when they lose. Yeah. If they lose and they did. So now, now it becomes the point of all of what had happened in the past and all those tough decisions they have to make They're smacking them right in the face. And the reality is, much like the reality was last offseason, he was excited to go to San Francisco. I think he wanted to go to – he thought it was a realistic possibility. And, and it didn't happen, which, by the way, all these 49ers fans are like, oh, he's 0-4 against us in the playoffs. It's like, hey, dude, you'd love to have him right now. Like, you would have won you, have would winning
0: the next three Super Bowls if you Yeah, had Aaron yeah.
1: yeah. you would have loved to have Aaron Rodgers. So you should be clamoring and hoping that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan find a way of bringing him in. Even with Trey Lance being there and, and Grapple with a year left, but yeah, I I digress. I I do think there's that thought in his mind now where he's looking at like where else would I want to go play, and I I keep going back to Denver, especially if they they end up hiring Nathaniel Hackett, who finished his you know, second interview yesterday. If he's the head coach, you'd have to think they're assuring for assuring for one of the biggest pitches to Aaron Rodgers and oh, and no. bring him in there because it's the it's. Hey, do you remember when Peyton Manning came to Denver and just
0: did what he wanted on offense? Guess who we've got, and guess what you can do? And here's Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton and Noah Pant and a decent offensive line. they go to work, and uh, we'll hire somebody to run the defense, and maybe they'll be good, and we'll
1: – And then it's – By the way, You know what? They might even trade some of those assets to Green Bay, some of those wide receivers because they need wide receivers, in exchange for Devontae Adams.
0: That's not a terrible idea.
1: No. I mean, if they traded Cortland Sutton and, you know –
0: Jerry Judy and two first for Rodgers and Devontae? Maybe three first.
1: Well, they got some seconds too. You could throw in there. But you, you get what I'm saying. I mean, that's a possible scenario. You could trade some assets to some pieces. I mean, you don't, you don't need you only need a little bit of a running game Devontae Adams on one other piece. I mean, that seems to be able to do, be what Green Bay does, but uh one last thing on Rogers. Um, he's claiming that people root against him because of his vaccination status. Are you buying this? Are you are you well, free between the lines here? <laughs>
0: um I I would guess that there are definitely people who root against him, who who are not pro Aaron Rodgers because of his outspoken uh, status and immunization uh, beliefs. And I mean, you know, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan stuff. I, I do well. I think by and
1: large, like we're a country that's basically you pick a side. All right, yeah. oh, on this side, you're on that side. All right, we can't agree on anything else. Okay. Is chocolate ice cream good. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Do you like it? Okay. you. I don't like what it. It's your vanilla mother. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, what is it? Neapolitan? We've got the three different. Yeah, yeah, I
0: got three. You can't have
1: Neapolitan in this. side. Right? You you. Another. you your favorite cock. What are you doing? Get out of here. <laughs> so, the, I mean, the reality is, is true. I, I know people don't want to admit it, but. It is true. I think there's also probably a group that would say, Well, are you lied to us, and that's really what it's about. It's like, well, yeah, now, now there's also a group that's like, you know who I love? Aaron Rodgers, baby. <laughs> like, You're a Bears fan. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. He I'm didn't get that back. back, back yeah. You know? And um, then there's folks I mean, who are like, we're gonna jab him when we see him. You know, we're gonna make sure he gets that back.
0: <laughs> so, I would also I would also point out in the 49ers thing, like if the 49ers could have traded two first round picture Rogers last offseason. I guess they would have to give up their first-round pick last year.
1: So maybe this is yeah. – Well, that was the idea behind it, is when they traded up to the number three overall. They were thinking that that, along with another package of picks, was going to be enough to get Rodgers. And, and that- when it didn't happen, it just- the 49ers backed out.
0: So you think that was in place and then – but do you think the 49ers backed
1: out? Oh, excuse me, the Packers backed out. Yeah,
0: the Packers backed out. And so, so it was probably a leak from the 49ers about Rodgers
1: wanting to be traded on draft day to try and push it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that would probably make a little more sense, or or maybe even if Rodgers wanted it so much. Well, Rodgers found out the Packers backed out and was pissed and was like, hey, leak this yeah, out now. I think that's the more likely scenario. I mean, uh,
0: in hindsight, the Packers should have done it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, you just put it off for another year. and I mean, look, they were the number one seed in the NFC. I, I don't know that I'm actually going to subscribe to that. I, I do think they had a shot at winning a Super Bowl as good as I'm anyone. In hindsight, with the law of the playoff playoffs. Well, yeah, I mean hindsight's always 2020 though. Like the reality is, like I think they played the best they could. It's it's now time to cut ties. Like where I think, like I said before, it's the perfect time to rebuild if you want to rebuild, given all the uh, all the complications. All right, well, let's talk about Tom Brady. Tom Brady points to his family, fatherhood, uh, when it comes to a decision about his uh, potential retirement, which I, I got to tell you, uh, I'm going to actually read between the lines here in a second, but pretty cool that you can play for as long as he has and has been been the all-time like greatest maybe like athlete we've ever seen with his resume and you can be like yeah i've gotten so old at this that it's like it's just time for me to go be with my family like i'm tired of sacrifice everything for them so
0: you know what's weird is like how um tom brady's kids are pretty young
1: uh yeah some some of them are some of them are
0: like he is. he definitely has a kid who's younger than I do. And I'm
1: I guess I'm only five years younger now. Never mind. Well, um, but he's got kids from Bridget Moynihan, that, that relationship, right? Yes,
0: yeah. Or I think one from Bridget Moynihan, who is the oldest, and then the kid, multiple kids would yeah, I guess when you have that second, yeah, that's true. That makes sense. Um I I would uh I would say that reading between the lines here, Tom Brady is setting the table to let everyone appreciate whatever his decision ultimately is. But at the end of the day,
1: he's really just placating his wife. <laughs> you're the worst. <laughs> is, is AK somewhere around? Is that why you're saying no, this? I he's just like sitting you. right outside the door. I, like, on
0: either. Uh, I,
1: <laughs> I mean,
0: like I think he's, I think that Giselle has wanted him to retire for, Gosh, I mean, since the, I mean, literally over a decade.
1: She said after last year, right? Wasn't she recorded saying like, "What else do you have to prove?" And in back put, this year, she
0: put Wes. Well, she backed a bus over Wes Welker at the 2011 Super Bowl, yeah. and it's. I think she's wanted him to get out for a while because he's done everything he could possibly do, and you know now it's kind of like. I think he's. I think he could be talked into it, but oldest kid by the way, fourteen. Youngest is nine. So it's actually his youngest is one year old and Robbie, but, um, I, I think he, I, I, I think it's, I think it's a lot of, I'm 44. I don't, I I don't know if I'm going to play because I'm 44, right? I'm old, I have kids. I, I want to be able to walk away when I can walk away. And I think it's more like, I want to take some time to reflect.
1: I think it was interesting that Bruce Arians came out right away and said, hey, I'm coming back next year. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. really? Do you want to come back if Tom's not coming back? Like, that I really didn't great. like being in that booth with Trent Green. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I mean, do we want to, like, give this – give it a beat? Like, I mean, by the way, on, on that note, Gronk says he's unsure sure if he's coming back in 2022. Probably the least shocking news considering if what Aaron Rodgers does is correlated to what Devonta Adams does, I would say the stronger correlation is Gronk and Tom Brady. Like, like if Gronk didn't come Con- back, Con- he he said back, he would
0: come back without Brady, which is like, no, you
1: won't. <laughs> like, you're not coming back without Brady. You
0: already left once with Brady. Yeah. Mainly because they tried to trade you to the Lions. You're like, no, you're not doing that. I'll retire.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's no reading between the lines there. he He's just not coming back. If Brady's not. You know, that's the bottom line. He'll move on with life and he'll do he'll, he's done great off the field he'll go back in the tv or
0: just go back to doing what he was doing when he was retired the first time
1: yeah like running like party cruises and stuff that i mean maybe not during covid but actually knowing him maybe, cruises yeah maybe during covid you know at this point uh all right last one uh, what do you so do you what do you think brady what do you think tom brady does? uh i'm leaning towards thinking he's gonna retire there's um i'd heard from some in the organization that there's a lot of people there who wouldn't normally there before the game. And it was a bit surprising. So even before the game, he was kind of contemplating whether or not <clears throat> this indeed would be it uh for him this season. So and he he did give that um it was very weird by the way, having
0: uh Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth during the day on a Sunday. Like and Al Michaels is like, Well, tonight, Chris, we've gotta it's like it's 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 three o'clock. It, yeah, it's
1: three o'clock, it's, it's, it's actually uh, noon
0: your time. Oh, no, I guess it was in Tampa. So it was, it was three yeah. o'clock, yeah. Um, but they had the you know, they put up a quote during the game that Brady's like. I'd love to go out to the Super Bowl. I know it might not always happen, and this might, might not be the year, which is like, you told Alan Chris that before the game? Yeah. That's crazy.
1: I mean, they're, they're what, their defense didn't play together until this last divisional game. Like, it's kind of crazy to think, like, hey, run it back, but, like, no one was able to run it back together, at least on defense. But and, I, I think well, it's a part of it, too, though, right, is you ran it back because you won a Super Bowl and you could. It's a lot harder to sell to guys now when you look at it and say, yeah, I don't know, man, like I'm not sure if we can do it again, um, you know, looking at kind of how things went last year and then, you know, the report that there was some turmoil, right? Levante David talked about that. I think that had to do with Antonio Brown, but the reality is like, I just, I, I think now like the guys who are young enough that are going to become free agents, like a Chris Godwin, you know, he's coming off a knee injury, they got to go get paid. They got to go get that money while they still can.
0: Well, I mean, there's a chance Godwin's not back until, you know, you never know with these knee injuries. He could be back for, the, he could be ready for free agency. He, he was franchise tagged. I would doubt they'll tag him again yeah. because he's you know ACL. So if you're Tom Brady, you're like, okay, my offensive line is intact, but Wurf's got injured late. I don't know what you know what his deal is. Although I get, you would think he'd be able to play. Um, yeah. Mike Evans is still there, of course, but AB's gone. He embarrassed me on his way out. It, so like, am I going to come back with Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, a half invested Gronk, and Mike
1: Evans? Because that sounds a lot less. Was, no, last time I was in New England.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. So I think – so you think we'll get Aaron Rodgers, and I would also point out that Brady's the way that it came out, which is what, you know, you get from guys like Tom Brady and from Sean Payton. We're, we're very similar to Sean Payton. You know, it bubbled up a little bit beneath the surface, and then it starts to report out during, you know, at, like leading into the final week of the – you know. But yeah. It just it – just, the signs point towards it, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, there's plenty of time to see. I just that's that's where I'm kind of leaning, thinking about all this, and then what he's done at this point in time. And he always said he wanted to play to he's 45. Well, he'll be 45 here soon, um, yep. or this up there this year. So, uh, yep. all right, last one. Colts owner Jim Irsay tweets that it's clear as day how yep. to win in the NFL, and it raises some questions. Um, I, I, he also made some comments in regards to players. Maybe specific points per game comments which yeah it's 30 more than 30 points per game less than offensive and defensively he also went into like a parable um about you know a, a guy drowning and i'm not even gonna get into that but the point of the story was is basically a guy goes to heaven and asks god why didn't you help me i said i was i was trying to send people to yell to help you but you did not want to listen to them yeah, see that part. It yeah. seems like, and I'll, I guess I'll just segue into it. It seems like it was a direct shot of Carson Wentz. It seems like, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not gonna go ahead and say put direct words, shot of Carson Wentz. I'm not gonna put words in his mouth, okay? Well, why don't you read between the lines? Tell me what you think he said. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm look, I try to read between his lyrics. So right? I'm a big Jim Ursa band, you know, uh, celebrator of, of his music, all right? So his three and a half man band, he's got two guys who play and he sings, and then he's got like a tree or something he leans on half the time. You know, when he's I
0: mean, it's like the, the video he released, he's like, he's like standing outside a private jet and the, the turbines are going and he's like being blown over. And he's like, Gold Station, we will not stand for this losing. It's like, good
1: God. He's like part Vince McMahon sometimes, part just like, so, I don't even know how to describe him. Yeah. It's, just, it's like a little bit of Jerry Jones. Like it's a weird mixture of, what he is, but you really, you really got to check out the Jim Ursay collection and see some of his music videos. Like the one outside of the Washington Memorial's, pretty epic. Where the, he almost bends over a tree. So <laughs> there's, there's that. I'm not uh, sure who, who needed to support more him or the tree at the that tree point. Did,
0: yeah, definitely, definitely Ursae. I mean, I think, I think he's sending a message to Frank Reich that he's not to. I think he's sending a message to Chris Ballard and Frank Wright, and it's more to Frank Wright because that was his, or at least. From our point of view, I think it's more to Frank Wright because it was his, it was he
1: bringing Carson Wentz. Yeah.
0: He pounded the table for Wentz, and Chris Ballard has not supported Carson Wentz publicly. I think what's interesting is that this organization, since being spurned by Josh McDaniels, has largely been in lockstep on almost every decision, like universally praised for making smart moves, for Whoa. being.
1: That's because they thought it was smart to do you know, hard knocks during the season. That kind of backfired on you. Yeah, backfired, yeah. I'm saying yeah. before the Carson Wentz thing, it was like – It was Andrew Luck. That's who got them in this position right now. They're in a much better position at Andrew Luck not retired. That's the, Forget yeah. Johnson Daniels. That's, you know, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not trying to rip me Daniels. I'm just saying that when Ballard when Ballard
0: got hired and then had to go hire Frank Wright, that they've been a pretty stable organization with how they've operated. They've been frugal. They've been smart. they built up a good roster. And then they tried to push all in this year – and I think, ba- I, I wonder how much it creates a, a schism between Ballard and Reich, which in turn creates a schism with with Ursay because Reich is the guy who put Ballard in this position to give up valuable draft picks to go and get Carson Wentz, who simply is not the same guy that he was in 2017. And if you go forward with Carson Wentz in 2022, and you don't make the playoffs, people are probably going to lose their jobs.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, that's what's at stake, and I think he's putting out there publicly. He's not the only owner doing that. Michael Bidwell was disappointed, voiced his disappointment, too, in having to watch the other two teams that made it to the playoffs for the NFC West uh, play for the NFC Championship. But I want to do a rapid-fire round with you. All right, yeah. so we have 30 seconds. We've got a few topics. Um, Andy Reid talked about the overtime rules. He's actually a proponent of maybe changing them, which is interesting because he's seen both sides of this one, right? He was impacted by the NFC Championship game where the Pats won the coin toss. They drive down win, game over. Now he wins the toss. They beat the Bills. Now they're in the Super, or excuse me, in the AFC Championship game again. Uh, give me your quick 30 second answer. Should the overtime rules be changed? I, I you,
0: by the way, I'm timing you. Timing. Okay. Andy Reid and the Chiefs floated a, pro- a proposal to change it back after the 2018 season. It got shot down. I think that there are probably some better ways to do overtime, but it is also difficult to find a way that is surefire to make everybody happy. I like the idea of home field advantage. You get the first, you get the ball first in overtime. That's what you get you in the playoffs. You earn home field advantage by virtue of your better regular season. Reward it. You get the ball first. I'm up.
1: Okay. All right. Not, not bad. Not bad. I'm going to give myself 30 seconds. All right. First off, overtime and regulation. It's stupid. We don't need it. If you can end re- over overtime with a tie, you don't need it in the first place. All right. Just get rid of it. Games end at the end of regulation. Let's move on now to the playoffs. You've already changed it once. It used to be a fuel goal would win it. Now we've made it a touchdown. At some point, this has to stop. What were we going to do? Have Kansas City go score a touchdown, then Buffalo, then Kansas City do it again to win? Like, what's the point of that? So it doesn't need to be changed. It's fine. Play some defense. And at the end of the day, like there's always going to be one side upset. Boom, that's 30 seconds, by the way. Yeah, I I timed it. Thank you. All right. Uh, Next one. Taunting. When does it matter? Considering Sunday night's game, it seemed like the rules almost implemented for Tyreek Hill, and yet he wasn't
0: was called. Tyreek Hill was the very first person to be called for taunting, if I recall correctly, in the 2021 regular season for doing this. After the <laughs> game, he goes, I'm just trying to spread peace and love and joy. It's like, shut up. Are you kidding
1: me? But okay, right? Three seconds.
0: Uh, what does, does it matter? It 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 here's the problem. If you want to call taunting, then call it. But if you're going to call it like randomly throughout the course of the season and in the playoffs, if you're going to call Tom Brady for taunting with his lips bleeding and Adama Kinsu for taunting, but you're not going to call Tyreek Hill for the taunt, then don't, don't
1: call it at all. Oh, that was like in 17 seconds. Well done. All right. I'll, I'll be quick on this. Uh, I don't care. I, I think this is the dumbest rule ever. Uh, it, it boundaries on like the no fun league. People can act like, oh, it escalates situations or. You know, it, 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 um, it's bad for the kids out there watching. Kids do this stuff normally, all right? It doesn't matter what the pros do. They're still going to do their own thing with it. And by the way, hire some more officials so the game is better officiated. Maybe you stop some of the skirmishes, and, and you know, it doesn't get to that point. So I just think the whole idea that taunting leads to more fights in the NFL, it's the stupidest reasoning. Let it happen. All right, last one. All right. Did the Super Bowl already happen? Ooh,
0: no. The Super Bowl will actually take place. But the best game of the year has already
1: occurred. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think, in asking that, it's more like, team. Team. I know.
0: yes. Well, the Super Bowl could never take place between two AFC teams. So, uh, no, it did not take place.
1: Uh, look, This yeah. is a literal answer. All right. It's like, was that the best two teams in the NFL scoring off in the divisional round? The whole point of giving you the literal answer was to
0: like flex you and make you mad. No, of course. The Chiefs and the Bills are clearly the best two teams in football. Ooh. But one of them is going to get through and the other's not. That's just how the bracket works. And at the end of the day, I more than likely the Chiefs will play somebody else. But it's possible that one of the best two teams in football doesn't even make the Super Bowl. And it won't matter.
1: You still, you, you hoist the trophy, you hoist the trophy. I agree with you. It is, uh, I will say this. I do feel like we kind of already saw the Super Bowl in the divisional round. It, it's all downhill from here you will be hard pressed to find a better game, in part because that's probably the top two quarterbacks. At least now, looking at the fact that we're not going to get Rodgers. he's the other one in that conversation. Um, and then you're not going to get Tom Brady; he's the other one you'd include. So, Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I wouldn't conclude him with the other four guys we talked you, you about. You might, you might in like two or three weeks. Just saying, uh, dude. I'm sorry. Uh, you come on. If you're putting him in the same van as Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, it's just it's not the same, dude. I'm sorry, Tom Brady. I mean, I, really. I, I'm trolling. I'm trolling. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say, like, I, I'm not trying to get in trouble for this. Like, he's done very well in the playoffs. He's had help. He's got a good roster. He's playing on. Um, they and they've got a great chance. I mean, eventually, Sean McVay is gonna get the better of Kyle Shanahan. It probably will be this week.
0: If so. if Matthew Stafford wins the Super Bowl with the Los Angeles Rams this year, is Matthew Stafford a Hall of Famer?
1: Yes, because he have the one thing that he was missing, and he's already got the stats. Let's go. Let's
0: go Stafford. I want to stick this in Pete Prisco's eyes so bad.
1: Yeah. And, and, and that's the hard thing is I think you're getting to an argument now where like you would say statistically, I think Matt Ryan actually has been a better quarterback statistically, but he doesn't have that Super Bowl, even though he's been a league MVP before. And that'd be the only thing he'd be missing. And so like, are you going to hold him out? I mean, Philip Rivers, your boy, are you are going to hold him out? Like there's a lot of guys who I think you can make a statistical argument. Um, probably guys who have better stats than Eli Manning, but Manning's got two Super Bowls. So. Super Bowl, the Super Bowls are the trump cards. A, a Super it, Bowl it, is the Super, I think most players would say, it's. It, to me, it's the dumbest thing to use wins, losses as what determines whether or not those guys get in. Like, even though they impact the game the most, of any other professional sports league for Hall of Fame, it's still the least amount <laughs> compared well, to other positions. Well, you know? I, look
0: at, I look at it like this, and, and obviously I'm biased, but from the 2004 draft class, I think Philip Rivers is unquestionably the best quarterback out of that draft class. Better than I Ben. ben Ro- I think Ben Roethlisberger unquestionably has the best career out of the draft class, and I think Eli Manning unquestionably has the easy like the 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 like just the trump card to get into the the Hall of Fame.
1: I don't know that. I'd still say Ben was the. And, best and I think ben and, ben and Ben and Phillip, I, I would right? say Ben, Philip, Eli. Okay. Um, I mean, because uh, think about it, and th- and again, this is no disrespect, but like, look at, you know, granted, Ben had Jerome Bettis, you know, Philip had Ladainian Tomlinson. Like, you can you can go kind of tip for towel with some of the players they each had, but the reality is, hey, look, they're both Hall of Famers, in my opinion. All three Hall of Famers, in my opinion. I, I, I agree. agree. Oh
0: boy! Oh boy! Uh, what's uh, what's what Ego got up here?
1: We got oh per game averages. Okay, so Stafford's got more, better yards per games that we're looking at here. Yeah, it's got totals and uh, per game. Yeah, okay. so I mean, just proving Brady's point. Look how even they are. Yeah, they're very close. No, I think it's fascinating because I mean, I, it's like even the amount of attempts they have, completions, yards per game, touchdown, interception ratios. Like it's that is
0: nuts. And like again, you know, you can go back to the big what ifs. Like, what if Matthew Stafford is drafted by somebody other than the like I I put I and I have for a long time, and I feel if the Rams. I, I feel vindicated now, but if the Rams win one or two more games, I think it's a stone cold vindication that you know part of we have us all the time on this podcast. Part of part of like a quarterback's
1: yeah, it's where they go the situation where you go and like the- well, and look at Jared Goff this year. Like he gets sent to that, and obviously it was a rough going at times. Even though he played really well. Right. The last last five games he played better than Stafford did, statistically speaking. Sure. So. Um, I thought he fought through that well, but no, it, it's a situation and circumstance that any quarterback goes to is paramount. That's why, you know look, Tom Brady going to New England is part of the greatness of what he was able to do, Yeah. You know, along with Bill Belichick and everyone else, no different than Aaron Rodgers. And he'd be t- he'd tell you that. That's why I think, I think that's – not to come back full circle, that would be one of the hesitations, I think, if you're Aaron Rodgers is, do you want your career to end that way, where you're viewed as the guy with the stint with the Packers, but then somewhere else? Or do you just want to retire? You know, maybe he wants to do that. You know, maybe he wants to get out for a while. Do you think that Tom Brady has normalized that
0: with the two years?
1: And you know, won the Super Bowl and then. Two I, I think I think Tom Brady. What he did was he motivated other because all quarterbacks think they're better than everyone else, they like they do. I'm just telling you, like, oh, we talked about this. Yeah, we mentioned this. All. Do you think that other quarterbacks think they're better than Tom Brady? That's because yes. that was kind of yes. Like, okay. if you're asking me, do I think like Aaron Rodgers is like, Yeah, I'm more talented than Tom Brady? Yes, I, I can, he I probably I, is. Patrick Mahomes or Josh, I, they, we all like, dude, everyone does. Like, everyone's like, Dude, all right, let's go on the street, let's go pick stuff to throw at. Let's see who's better. Like, everyone, every quarterback thinks that. All right? Even though there's a guy at third string somewhere who thinks that, right? right? That's just how it is. So then you look at what Tom Brady did, and, and a lot of guys, like, obviously Russell Wilson was like, hey, I don't want to be traded, but here's the four teams I would want to go to. I'm here to hear the stuff from Aaron Rodgers' camp, and, like, all that came out. Like, all these quarterbacks are going, yeah, I want to go somewhere else. Like, Matt Stafford's like, yeah, I want to, I want to get out of Detroit. I mean, it, it literally was one of those – yeah, look what he was able to do, and he got guys that you got brought in to sign with him. And I think that sparked a lot of other quarterbacks being infuriated, going, wait a second, how much do I get paid? Like, aren't I most important piece, and you're not involving me in these decisions that directly affect my legacy, my career, our chances of winning? Like, that doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, I, I think he was probably the one that spurred a lot of the movement we're going to see, honestly, this offseason, too.
0: And, and made it sort of – because in years past, it's always been – Kind of a thing where you know, like Peyton Manning went to the Broncos and had wild success and won a Super Bowl and went
1: to two of them. But
0: you know, he was cut by the Colts.
1: Yeah. It was like they didn't know how his neck was going to return and all that. They kicked him
0: out of town for Andrew Luck. And it was, you know, it was uh an honorable discharge, is the best way you could describe it because they, you know, he he was up on the he was up on the podium and it was a very sad moment, all that, but they're still cutting him. And now I feel like quarterbacks are a little more because of the Brady move or feel a little more empowered to be like, you know what? Screw it! I don't have to play for the same organization the whole time. Like yeah. I'll go. Like Tom Brady went down to Tampa
1: and won a, won a Super Bowl away from Bill Belichick. Like I'll go somewhere else. Dude, no one wants to be cut. Like I didn't get cut. till I was seven years in the league. I got traded, signed a one-year deal. You know, I ended up not getting signed back, and it looked it looked elsewhere. But. It's different getting cut. It's different when someone like literally tells you you get fired. I mean, it's yeah, getting fired sucks. It's a hard thing to take into (laughs) account, man. Like, my entire life, like, even as a bus boy, even working odd jobs, whether it's like in retail or something else, I prided myself on the work I did, never been fired before, you know. And so, like, when you get that call, you're like, what? And you got fired
0: by like Ray Farmer or somebody, or like, I don't know who the GM
1: was, but I mean, like, no, no, this was this was uh, John Schneider and Pete Carroll. I was out in Seattle. Oh, because you weren't oh. cut. You weren't cut by. No, I was traded by Cleveland. Oh, that's right. I finished out the contract in Denver. So you know, it, it's just it's
0: it's. We're gonna <laughs> do, I'm going to do a, We're going to get uh, e60 on like a Brady Quinn investigation. Has has Brady Quinn ever been fired? He claimed on the Pick Six podcast he's never been fired until the Seahawks. However, a new <laughs> new emerging details about Brady's time as a busboy. I'm
1: no, I mean, it, it's, it, it, I mean, it, it, the reality is, it is like one of those tough things to swallow and how to take it. Like, I remember by in 2014 when the Dolphins like let me go to, at the end of training camp. I remember I was like, all right, I'm out. Like, what do I need to sign? I'm good. Like, uh, I, like, I can't get out of here fast enough. Like, I was like, give me on my next opportunity or something else. And at that point, I knew, I knew I was hopping into a TV booth. So I was more like, all right, like, I've got to be in Fort Worth at what time? All right just make sure I have the mute button held down if I need to cough or something. And here we go. Like yeah. it was such a different experience, but it honestly, like it's, I mean, if you're Peyton Manning, at some point you still, you still hold that as a bit of a grudge. Like I would think.
0: Oh yeah. Still. I think he's still, I mean, sure he sees Jim mercy. He's like, Hey Jim, like, you know, of course, I appreciate you drafting me and we yeah. won one Super Bowl. probably win more if Bill Polian hadn't screwed things up, but uh, yeah, you know, and he cut, you know, he cut me. Got me in 2011. I won. I won the Super Bowl. You didn't. But you get to do about
1: it. Think about. It, he went right. to two more after that. Set records. I mean, no. He they, went to. He. They we went to two. About Peyton. No, no. Payton went to two with the Broncos yeah, He went to two. But I'm saying he set records for single season records. Like if you go back and think about that decision by the Colts, I mean, I know the prospects of Andrew Luck. I get all of that. They could have
0: gotten four, like four first round picks, maybe more for Andrew Luck and put put it around Peyton Manning and with Peyton playing the
1: way he played in Denver but on the other hand maybe but look at it in retrospect too the fact that the way things ended for Andrew Luck you're going like oh like you made that decision to move on from the dude and then the guy you invested in who didn't even stick it out like it's i don't know like that that is one of like the old timers that I don't think we talk about enough everyone's just like yeah. yeah it was a you know friendly breakup it's like nah no. Nah. <laughs> probably not really it
0: was i mean like at the time it was even like all right look it's you have to do it unfortunately you know even if you even if you think peyton might be great you can't chance passing up on andrew luck
1: <laughs> until hindsight now tells us
0: maybe you should have <laughs> yes hindsight. Yes, you should have correct all right uh we've been doing this for too long you've got well you already put your family down
1: yeah kids all are right. dead i think right. i put them it. in a super hold to get them down literally had to just you know put them in a sleeper hold and go to sleep don't you have only daughters <laughs> yeah, yeah tough them up man all right like, you gotta keep them wild keep them frisky get those get them ready to go meanwhile my son's like putting me in a sleeper hold it's like a word he's punching uh, in the face yeah and elsewhere
0: big much that <laughs> fan that's robbie brinson all right ready as always it's been talk to you next week man see you man